Welcome to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast, where we get to follow up, break down, and discuss last Sunday's message. Our goal is to help create context and drive conversation to learn more about what God has for us. Now let's join our team as we gain deeper insight into this week's message. Hey guys, welcome back to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast. I am Justin Oswald, the executive pastor of TC. Back again with me today is lead pastor Brad Livingston. What's up guys? Good to be back. Another week, another sermon. Another follow podcast, and uh, man, we're coming off a great week, um, getting back into the swing of things, that whole Thanksgiving week and all the stuff. Uh, it's a lot going on when you're coming out of a holiday like that. Like Getting ready for another holiday. Get ready. It's a few weeks away. <laughs> yeah, it's the, the dynamic duo of Thanksgiving and Christmas that are paired so close together. So, um, But yeah, vamping up for Christmas. Speaking of, I hope... For those of you that are local, even if you're not, you can watch it online, but I hope for those of you that are local, you have registered for the Christmas service this year. We want to remind you, we you got to register this year. So, we have four services. Four. Nine. 1030. 1030. 530. 530. 530. And, and seven. seven. <laughs> so, um, so make sure you register for our service. Uh, Dream Teamers, we're going to be worshiping one and serving two or three or whatever. So, uh, man, so many great opportunities. But we're just excited, man. We're going to be bringing in... Uh, a lot of new people, prayerfully from the community, are going to be coming to our church for the first time, um, seeing everything. And so, you know, an opportunity to create some amazing impact on people. Um, and also, prayerfully, uh, the Lord is going to really send in and bring in some folks that are going to end up calling TC home. And so, this is going to be a great opportunity. So, we're really pumped about all that. Well, you so. know, I mean, we've, the last couple of years, we've had our big Christmas service downtown, and, and that's been it's been fun. I'm a lot, like last year. I thought was a lot of fun. Yeah, last year was a lot of fun. I mean, we you know partnering up with AA Productions. Like, I mean, they yeah. made the whole thing ridiculous. Did, but, you know, and it was it was just a good time with the you know the the music and having the choir with the band and yeah. you know, but there was some damage out there from uh, Sally and yep. we're in our new home and. We spent a lot of money this year getting this place ready. Oh man, boy, have we! Yeah, so it's like we just wanted to do Christmas in our new home. Yeah, and it worked. So we did. So it works out. Yeah, let's just invest excited. here a little bit. So we're yeah, we're pumped. It's gonna be good for the community. You know. Mm-hmm. We're, so we're here. So it's gonna be our first big event. But you gotta register online. Transformationchurch dot com. Yep. Click, make sure. Click Christmas at TC. Yep. So make sure you guys register. It's free. Be there. It, yeah, it's free. We just need okay. to register. We want to make sure you get the right amount of seats. And with COVID going on. You know, we're trying to space it out and be intentional. So we're asking you to help us um, because registering will help us keep a fair amount of social distancing and all those protocols in the space. So, yeah. yeah. So make sure you go. It's going to be a good time. So December 20th, December 20th. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Sunday, December 20th is our Christmas service. All four services register for one or two. If you want to sit through two go for it, but it's going to be a good time. And uh, yeah, we're excited. And if you're a part of TC this Sunday, we got tons of invite cards you yes. can take and give out to people. We will be dishing out invite cards this Sunday, um, yeah. making sure that everyone gets some. So you can invite some of your friends, your family, uh, your coworkers, you know, Whoever. barbers, hair salon, whatever, <laughs> like you know, waiters and waitresses, yeah. doctors and lawyers, all like come out uh, for our Christmas service. So yeah, it's gonna be a good time. We're excited. Just don't get used to that Sunday night service now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get used to that. But, man, I really enjoy this. I want to sleep in. Y'all should start doing service on every Sunday night. Boy, listen. Hey, listen. We fill up all two services of the ones we have. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about something else. Yeah, right, right, right. So, 
<laughs> yeah, we're we're busting at the seams and uh, the ones that we have. Then we'll we'll have a look. Which some of them Tim Thirty services we're gonna be pulling out some chairs soon. So and we are. Yeah, <laughs> we will be this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next week, <clears throat> getting ready for the twentieth. So yeah, it's gonna be good, man. But we're in the Christmas at TC series. Uh, we kicked off this past week, um, and so this whole series uh, dealing just with Christmas and. Um, vamping up, getting everybody ready for it. It's been good. The church is decorated, um, and that's awesome. Like, you know, the events team, uh, headed up by my wife, unselfish plug, uh, <laughs> is, uh, you know, shout out to you, babe. Uh, they've done a great job decorating the church and just getting it all Christmassy and, uh, and all that stuff. So we're in that series, and there's trees everywhere and Christmas trees to be uh, specific. Um, so we got the, you know, all that stuff up. So we're just pumped, man. And, uh, getting ready for, uh, a great, uh, great series. And so last Sunday was, it was good. It was so, good. good. Yeah. Day. So, and worship was, man, worship was good last week. It really was. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> no, it really was. <laughs> yeah. Worship was really like, it's good. I mean, our team is incredible. You know what I mean? Like all of them are just awesome. Hey, we're blessed, but. It was a, I don't know. It was like, I don't say a special day, but it was just. A, there was a special moment, you know, yeah. praise, praise and worship. And, yeah, there was know, just, it was, it was. Um, our, our worship leader, Adam, is just really. Adam's a special cat. He's really gifted. Yeah. And, uh, and anointed. Let's use that word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and just, you know, he started speaking very, uh, for lack of a better term, prophetically even, or just kind of uh, in his exhortation, I think just called a lot of people's minds to look at Jesus and focus in on Jesus. And I think. Anytime all of our attention is fixed on God himself, um, you know, the Holy Spirit does something great. You know what I mean? Sometimes we can come in and worship and, and we're, we may be singing the song, but our heart is elsewhere. Or our head is elsewhere. Yeah. And in that particular moment, I feel like all our heart and our head was really fixed on on God. And in that, the Holy Spirit really showed up and started to do some, um, you know, just started moving on people's hearts. And it was just good. It was, it was you know, and it was encouraging, inspiring all that, you know, so it was awesome. Good, good stuff. So, then we preached this past Sunday, um, kicked off the Christmas at TC series. Yep. Um, and we preached uh, on this, uh, the message called No Idea, right? And uh, so, you know, we we kind of started talking uh, about some of the things we have no idea about, right? And you and I talk about it a lot because we eat Mexican quite a bit. It's like one of your favorites. It's, I love Mexican. Food. Justin loves Mexican food. I love. I. It's not my favorite, but it has. I've been eating it more lately. So yeah, twice this week. Yeah, which was unintentional. I mean, but, one yeah. of the times we had a meeting with someone that was where they picked, but um, nonetheless, it was two None, days back to back, back to back Mexican. Um, and I, lo- I love Mexican food. I love, I love Hispanic, you know, Latin yeah. food in general. But I do love Mexican. food. It's, it's yeah. plentiful in Pensacola. There's a lot of it. <laughs> oh, like, boy, you know howdy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, um, yeah. like, we don't have a lot of, you know, Puerto Rican or Cuban spots. Yeah. But we do have a lot of Mexicans. I w- uh, Mexican spots. That sounded, yeah. that sounded <laughs> <laughs> sound like that. Um, Mexican restaurants. <laughs> I wish we had more Cuban, you know. I wish restaurants. We had a, a Cuban restaurant. A Cuban restaurant, you know, yeah. Um, some Cuban bread. But, a Cuban sandwich. Oh, yeah. So what's the difference between other people's Cuban sandwich? Tell me what a right Cuban. We talk about this all the time, y'all. Y'all have no idea. What is an actual Cuban sandwich? Yeah. So, so some restaurants claim to have a Cuban sandwich. Okay. Um, and it's not a Cuban sandwich. Right. It's not a Cuban sandwich just because you press it. Okay. And that's what I think uh, some restaurants 
try to do. It's like it's a so Cuban because it's made with ham and it's pressed, it doesn't make it a it's Cuban not a sandwich. Cuban. Now that doesn't mean it's bad, right? Like I'll eat that, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but a Cuban sandwich is first and foremost, it has to be Cuban bread. It oh. can't just be French bread. Yeah. Cuban bread is made with lard. It's made a little differently. It's fantastic. I mean, Delicious. I love French bread too. I'm no respecter of breads, but right, right, right. It, you can, if you don't have Cuban bread, it's not a Cuban sandwich. Okay. Number one, fair enough. Um, and that makes it like crispier on the outside or something. Well, I mean, I, I, just the some, flavor. Some of that, yeah, it's a flavor thing. I think. Um, okay. But the crispy on the outside, you know, you can do that with. You can get that, the crisp with the putting some butter on the outside. You know, you, you know. But um, yes, it's, it's roast pork. It's ham. It's Swiss cheese. It's mustard and it's pickle on Cuban that's it, bread, though. and that's it. Any, any variation off of that yeah. is no longer. Don't throw Cuban. some coleslaw on it. Like, oh God, don't, no. Like some. And here's the thing: like I'm a mayonnaise guy on a sandwich. But okay, but not on a but Cuban. Cubans. Cubans don't have mayonnaise. You yeah, know? I guess you could put mayonnaise and it maybe still be a Cuban. But so don't bring some lettuce and pickle or lettuce and no, or no, not no, lettuce no. and tomato on my yeah. Cuban sandwich. No, 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 no. That's not it. Yeah, it's no, it's not really a Cuban. Then. All you have then is a pressed. Ham sandwich. Ham sandwich with whatever topping you, you know, <laughs> right. the other stuff right. you put, which, right. again, I delicious. Like that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Del- like, albeit delicious. Yeah. Not a Cuban. Not a Cuban. Not okay. a Cuban. Um, so, yeah, I like a good Cuban, mm. you know. I got you. Uh, I, like a re- I like a good Cuban. You just can't get them around here, really. I mean, um, there's BJ's, uh, BJ's, the, the – Mass uh, grocery store, whatever. Whatever, yeah, yeah, the grocery store thing. They, they have some Cuban bread in their bakery that's really good. In fact – uh, our buddy Joe from Joe's Caribe. Joe's Caribe. He, he's the one who told me about that. So, um, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I like I like a good Cuban, um, but no, I do like. I don't know how we got off of that. We're talking about Mexican. We're talking about Mexican food, and, and you talking about we talking about we don't really have Cuban restaurants here. Yeah. So, but um, what were we, you said we talk about it a lot about Mexican Mexican food. Yeah, just Mexican food. And one of the things we talk about Mexican food, and Justin never fails to bring this up every time we're at a Mexican restaurant, is how much they charge for queso. Yeah, it's it it's, is ludicrous. It's getting out of hand. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Because you know they got a vat of it. That's why you talk. He's like. They buy it by the truckload. <laughs> they buy the cheese by the truckload for next to nothing. <laughs> yeah, and then they have the audacity. Seven, yeah, I mean, the conversation is like, the, what kind of profit, what kind of margin is on this cheese? Yeah, astronomical amount. Huge. Yeah, yeah, Huge. Yeah. Huge. They're, they're far passing the 30% margin <laughs> that dictates if your restaurant's making money or not. Right. They're far beyond. Right. You know, hundred percent. They're buying tortillas by the plane load, <laughs> cutting them and frying them for chips and cheese. You know, and then got the nerve to charge seven, eight dollars. Yet, we order it every time. <laughs> Never without fail. I mean, it's, yeah. you gotta. Have, it's, you want the cheese dip? It's like, delicious. I'm looking at the waitress like, you know, why we're here? Like, let's not do that yeah. thing where we don't both know we it's want the cheese delicious. dip. Delicious. So I'm gonna eat it, but. It is I'm going to complain about it. Used to be you could go like to restaurant, you know, cheese dip was like four, four bucks, five bucks. Now it's seven, eight, nine dollars for some cheese. It's Quite just, audacious. It's just high, you know. Yeah. But we pay it. I mean, I guess the market <laughs> speaks. Market, yeah, right, right. You know, Supply and demand. Yeah. So <laughs> people buying it. But I think a Mexican restaurant makes good money anyways just because um, it's literally like four things. Yeah. It's onions and peppers, and then are you getting it with chicken or steak or shrimp? Are you putting it in the tortilla? Are we going to give the tortillas next to it? Like, but it's really the, like you, you, you know, maybe we got big tortillas and small ones. You know, you know <laughs> right, but right. But seriously, one's going to be rolled up and fried. One's going to be rolled up with something poured on. Like it's all just a, it's like ten ingredients. Right, right, right. You know, agreed. Depending upon how you want it rolled up in the tortilla. 
<laughs> right, well, yeah. folded and set in, like rolled up with cheese on top. Yeah, yeah it's, but it's it's the same. It's it it, it is. And then, um, so I'm for it. I, yeah. I, you know, more power to them. Rice, beans, lettuce, tomato, guac, sour cream. Done. More menus menus wrapped. Yeah. And you know, beans and rice. That's cheap. Right. They buy that by the truckload too for three cents. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know right. what I mean? That's what Dave yeah. Ramsey talks about when you when you broke. You need you know, or you're trying to pay off debt. You know, beans and yeah. rice, rice and beans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beans is cheap. It'll make it go go a long way. Rice, come on now. Yeah. You could buy a whole bucket of rice for a nickel. Yeah. You know, or something. Yeah. Know. We've been eating rice out my stash for like a while, and yeah. we still have a lot left. So, yeah, yeah. it lasts forever. So, they just, you know, they got Spanish like $10. Rice. And a whole lot different than Spanish rice and rice. It's both rice. Right. right. It's cheap. Rice. You know, they charge, they charge them for it. So It's crazy. You know, but gone are the days <laughs> when you could go to lunch and spend $10, $12 somewhere. <laughs> it's hard to do that. Especially if it's a sit-down joint. Especially. Like McDonald's yeah. or whatever. But Maybe, but, you know, even that, you know, anytime you get a combo and this now, you're eight, nine, ten bucks. It's, Used to be, yeah. maybe you get by with five, six, seven bucks. Now, when you go to a restaurant, time you get a drink, you know, it's, that's yeah. dang near $3 for some tea. Well, and that's what we were talking about on Sunday. Yeah. As we were talking about, to. like, you know, when I was growing up, I had no idea that restaurant food costs so much. You know, my dad talks about it. But I had no idea. Bro, and we didn't go out to eat when I was a kid that much for that yeah, reason. Yeah. No, I mean, bro, I had no idea. And I had no idea that you go to a Mexican restaurant thinking thinking you're getting out of there for 10 bucks. No. Even if you split the queso four ways, if you just do that and get a drink, it's $20. I don't care how you slice it. You're coming out it's of it for 20. 20. It's a dub. It's a, yeah. It's a dub. <laughs> you're coming out of the mug yeah. for 20. Yeah. It's a dub. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, we're sitting here, like, talking about some of the things. And that segued into what we were talking about on Sunday, which is – uh, the same way some of us had no idea how much food costs or restaurant food costs or whatever. Um, in that light, many of us have no idea uh, about a number of things in life. And one of the things that I think many of us have no idea about is uh, who Jesus came to this world to be um, and who he's supposed to be in our lives. Mm. Uh, and in that, that's what we kind of went into on Sunday. And we were talking about the idea of like, why does it matter? But in one of the things, the things we said on Sunday is without a true understanding of what Jesus came to do, uh, or without a true understanding of why Jesus came, we will always struggle with what Jesus asks us to do. Right. You know, because when we come to Jesus, he essentially asks us to lay our life down and to take on... Pick up your cross. Pick pick up your cross and follow him and give your whole life to him. And that's hard to do. Like, what? what, it's my life, but what what about this and what about that? Like... I don't want to surrender all these things to you. And Jesus is saying, like, no, 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 if you're going to follow me, you are surrendering those things. But the the problem is, is not that those things are dying. He's just asking you to surrender them to him and let him take control. And, and so this past Sunday, we really dealt with what is it that Je- who is it that Jesus came to be? Like, who, who, who did Jesus come to be? Right. And what did Jesus come to be? Um, Colossians 2, 6 through 7. I think you have it there, right? I do. It says, so then, just as you received uh, Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. So, you know, that we're supposed to live this life rooted in him, built up in him, right? Um, And so we're supposed to be strengthened in the faith. Like, so our lives should belong to Jesus and we have a hard time with that. So what we, what we did Sunday is we kind of unpacked what's essentially going to be a two part deal. So who did Jesus come to be? And then this Sunday is going to be, so who is Jesus to us? So that's, you know, and from a King perspective, 
Um, so Jesus came to be a king. That's ultimately what we boiled Sunday down to. Jesus came to be a king. Um, and so what we did on Sunday is we kind of went into the Old Testament and started looking at, so who is this Jesus that's supposed to be coming? Right. And so we did. We started by looking at Isaiah 9, 6 through 7, um, where we see the prophet Isaiah is telling of Jesus who is coming. He isn't here yet, but he's coming. And that's what we see in 6 through 7, and I think you have it, right? I do. And this is the this is the opening, one of the opening scenes of him telling about this Jesus that is coming, right? Yeah. For, uh, for to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Right. And so as we see what's coming, right, we see that uh, this is great news for God's people because, you know, at this time, like the Jewish people, they've been reigned by rulers and kings and pharaohs and judges and judges, and they've been wicked and evil and like, you know, so uh, there's this promise coming through Isaiah that there's this, there's a king coming, right? And so in that they had kind of like three things that they were looking for their king to be. Now there's more than that, but just the three that we talked about on Sunday. Um, and you have those right there, right, Justin? Yeah, number one, they were looking for a righteous king. They're looking for a righteous king. Zechariah 9, 9 through 10 says that, see, your king comes to you righteous and victorious, right? So they're looking for a righteous king. They're also looking for number two. They were looking for a reigning king. A reigning king, one that would reign in the land, reign victorious, reign over uh, and subdue all the aspects uh, of his kingdom. So they're looking for one that would reign, bring peace to his people, uh, victorious in battle. Like that's what they were um, looking for, Daniel seven fourteen, And he was given authority and sovereign power. All nations and people of every language worships him. Like So they're looking for a reigning king. And then number three. Yeah, they were looking for uh, a kingdom. They're looking, so they're looking for this king to actually establish a literal kingdom, yeah. like a land and a castle. Like they're they're looking for a kingdom that they can go to, they can worship him, they can, you know, all those things. Second Samuel seven twelve, in Second Samuel there there is there's a portrayal of Solomon, but the ultimate king that he's actually talking about here is Jesus. Um, and it says, "I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom." Um, and so they're looking for this king whose kingdom is going to be established on earth and they knew what they were looking for, but they had no idea what they were getting. Yeah. They were looking for a king to reign on earth. They had no idea they were, they were going to get a king that could reign there in their hearts. They would have no idea they were going to get a king that was going to be far more than just one to rule in their land, far more than just one that was going to help feed them or take care of them. I mean, Jesus was coming to be considerably more than that. Um, so Jesus, the savior came as, uh, the Redeemer, but Jesus the King came as a ruler. Yeah. Right? And uh, and we kind of dabbled into this idea on Sunday. You can go back and watch the sermon if you guys want to see the whole thing. But, you know, we even talked about, like, how uh, we can start to become, like, we can take on a blind allegiance to our sin. Like, even to the degree that we'll defend it. Well, it's like, no, no, no. I mean, I have a right to be bitter, unforgiving, angry. Right. Racist you know, addicted, whatever, like whatever the sinful thing is in your heart that you're wrestling with, like we, like not only do we start to fall in love with it, we become a defender of it. And no, no, I, I have a right to be this way. It's like, what? Like, no, like, man, Jesus comes on the scene. He's like, no, 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 I'm asking you to lay it down. Like 
I'm coming as a redeemer for your sins, but I'm also coming as a ruler in your heart. Yeah. And, you know, we said in Pipeline, man, just Tuesday, and we're going to deal with it more this coming up Sunday. But, man, so I think the downfall, one of the greatest downfalls for Christians is they're looking for Jesus as Savior, but they're not looking for him to reign in their life as a king. You know what I mean? And and That's good. <laughs> and I think that, you know, it's just like, uh, again, like we're going to talk about on Sunday, but the king doesn't bow to peasants. And if, he's a, if he is the king, which we know he is, who are we as peasants to try to tell him how our life should go if his kingdom is our hearts? Right. But it's like, no, 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 God, God, I need you to do these, this way, these things, this way, in this time frame. Like, and Jesus is like, um. Sit down. <laughs> yeah, sit down, young man. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Job 38. You know what I mean? Like, dress yourself. <laughs> I'll talk to you like a man. Like, you know, right. where were you when I put the sun, moon, and stars in space? Like, so God, you know, Jesus is stepping on the scene. And, and when he comes in as a king, he rules as a king. And in our lives, he said, rule as uh, a king. And so, you know, we have to kind of have a look at how Jesus comes on the scene and he starts to present himself as the savior that we needed. But oftentimes we have no idea that he needs to rule in a king the way we didn't know we, we wanted. Right. And that was really the essence of what we were aiming to accomplish on Sunday is really paint Jesus as this king built and sent to rule and reign. Um, but he's not going to establish a kingdom on this earth the way we're thinking about right now as much as he's already established for those of us that are believers the kingdom in our heart. Like, So he has a kingdom that we belong to now as opposed to having the kingdom that we visit and go to, which is what the Old Testament prophets and people were looking for. So. It was like when he came, you know, the Jews wanted someone, a deliverer and king, but he did not come the way they thought. You know, You're right. They wanted... Like, need a king right now we're gonna go fight you know fight our oppressors and all these things right exactly it just didn't go down that way right he's like no no no. he's and 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 that's what we're gonna deal with on sunday you know it's like there's idea it's like jesus came to deal with the ruler of your heart not the ruler of your land you know what i mean and like you know we all have the enemy is the one behind the curtain you know it's like the wizard of oz yeah (laughs) like you know the the man behind the curtain pulling the levers you know uh make you know and there's there's a ruler in our heart that's the one behind the curtain pulling the levers you know our addictions our heart's desire the sinful aspects of our life that we're still wrestling with you know there is an evil ruler that's behind the curtain pulling on our heartstrings and making all of those things happen uh and essentially what god is saying is i need it's not you you aren't the one ruling your life. The enemy is actually ruling your life. You just think you are. Yeah. So let's expose that for what it is so that you can turn it over to me and let me rule rightly and justly in your life. Um, but until we understand just the very simple idea that Jesus is king and anywhere he rules, he reigns. So if he's going to have your heart, that means he has to reign in your heart. Right. And so there's more to it than him just being savior. He needs to be king. And so that's what we were dealing with on Sunday. So. Which is the point of it, right? Yeah. The savior means to surrender to Jesus as king. That's right. Yeah. Love that. To have him as savior means to surrender to him as king. His way, his time, his place. Uh, and let him, let him have all of that. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's big. We don't just need. Jesus, the provider. We don't just need Jesus, the temporary king, the monetary substitute. You know, you and I referenced on Sunday, like the worldly sugar daddy. 
that's here to give you your degree, your career, your paycheck, your house, your car, your wife or your husband are like, he's not here to just give you these things. He's here to reign. Like, yeah. and I just think Christians miss that. They want to live their life. They just want Jesus to be the additive to it. And it's like, no, no, no. Like he's here to reign, you know? Or Jesus is just a get out of, uh, get, get out, out of hell, hell free guard. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. It's like, that's not a lot of, a lot of humanism in the church, Ooh. you know? Boy, listen. Yeah. Pastor Josh, uh, plug for pipeline. In year two, Pastor Josh comes in and he does a teaching on the uh, impassable God, passability of God. He deals with that. One of the quotes from that, I love it every time he teaches that our our thoughts of God are far too human. Yeah, and it's true. like, man. and that's Pastor Josh Wanoffer. Wanoffer, yeah, Klondike, Klondike Church. Baptist Church. Shout out to you, my yes. brother. So uh, he is awesome. Yeah, but. So he comes on the scene, uh, Jesus does, and we we give him, yes, he was 100% man, but, like, we put, we give him all these, like, humanistic attributes. We think of him from through a humanistic lens. He is God, like, and so when we understand that, that we can, like, prescribe to him the, the power and the attributes, the character and the justness and the righteousness of God, but also the power and the ruling and the reigning of God, um, and surrender those things to him. Like this is not our life that we live now as believers again, that we just add Jesus to there's a surrendering aspect to this that I think far too many Christians underestimate mm-hmm. and they can't figure out why they still made it, which is why this Sunday is going to be so important because it is a part two to this. Um, where we're going to talk about that a little bit and why so many Christians feel stuck. Like, how come I feel like I'm not going anywhere? How come I feel stuck? How come I feel like my faith isn't moving? And we're going to deal with that a little bit on Sunday. So nice. it should be good. So, yeah, we're pumped, man. So, bro, you want to pick five? Pod sure. decks to read to me? Remember I gave you yours last week, and you were like, man, next next week it's you. So. What are you put these in? I don't remember, but you can pick five. While Justin is doing that, uh, we want to remind you guys to, uh, for those of you that haven't signed up for small groups, uh, if you're on, if you're in the TC crew um, or a TC family, make sure that you, uh, if you're leading a small group, make sure you register because we're getting ready for groups coming up in January. It's going to be dope. So uh, we already have some great groups getting signed up. Freedom groups are getting signed up. Um, we have introduction to theology group that's starting this season, uh, and we have some men women, men groups. We have some women groups, um, and then we have some co-ed groups. Uh, dinner groups and all kinds of groups, theology groups, Bible study groups. Um, we're looking for some uh, group leaders that want to host some online groups, so Zoom groups. So if that's a space you would be comfortable in, we'd love to talk to you more about that. You can reach out to us via email. You can send contact at transformationchurch.com, and we'd love to connect to you uh, on that. But make sure you get ready because groups this season, it's going to be awesome and we're excited to start building more of those relationships. Um, I've been seeing uh, our creative team and Eli, uh, one of the creative, uh, the creative intern with John. Um, he's working on uh, one of a story from one of the new people in the church, who uh, they're going to tell their story um, about coming to TC and getting plugged in. Small groups was a big part of that, and the relationships that they started building. Oh, yeah. That's just so good. So, uh, so we're pumped. So, yeah, if you're going to lead a group. Make sure you sign up. Make sure you register. Uh, we have training this Sunday night. This Sunday night. Uh, and then there's, really 
Yeah, there's it's a the Saturday. the 13th, 19th, and 30th. Yeah, we have a Sunday, a Saturday, and a Wednesday. So people can, we can catch people on whatever day they might be available. But make sure you register, and then when you register, you'll get the dates that you If can, you need the Sunday, for. you need to register by the end of this week. Yep, you need Sunday. to do that. Yeah, so, so make sure you catch that. All right, you got some, got some questions? Yeah, some of those in there are not questions. There's yeah, a whole I, lot of weird stuff in there. Yeah. <laughs> right. So these... <laughs> And Justin's um, going to hit us with some question. Hit me with some questions. Uh, what I have no idea what's on these cards. Yeah. So I have a genuine. No, no so clue. describe your perfect day. My perfect day. <laughs> oh man. Um, like my perfect day in my regiment or my perfect day. Okay. So describe your perfect day. Um, my perfect day is a day that I wake up on time. Um, I get all. I, I get to rest, watch the sunrise while I drink my coffee. Um, and it's about 60 degrees, 0% humidity <laughs> while I'm doing that. Um, and then, um, I get to, I go put in my exercise and then sermon prep, lunch with the boys. You would be part of that. Uh, probably Sky's Pizza on a perfect day right now. Cause I'm just digging like Sky's it's Pizza so, is delicious. So um, <laughs> And then, uh, man, I don't like, I don't, I'm so boring. Like my day is so boring. Yeah. Uh, then a date night with my wife. There that would go. be a perfect day. There you go. Yeah. All right. Share so. a money saving tip. Money saving tip. Eat out less. Yeah. Or when, and when you go eat out, order water. And, Definitely. And not the cheese. Don't get the cheese, don't get the cheese <laughs> dip and order water. That'll, that's $10 right there. Okay. Boom. Roasted. <laughs> Three, three things kidding. I wish I had done differently. Three things I wish I had done differently. Uh, establish a morning routine earlier in my life. Good, good, good. Um, um, been willing to realize that not everyone will love you at your best. And let go of people. And in addition to number two, be willing to realize that not everyone will love you at your best and be willing to let go of the people instead of chase them uh, if, they're, if they want to leave. So that would be number two. What was the, what, what was the question? Three things I wish I'd done. Three things I wish I'd done differently. Um, took more time for the people that I'm close to. Family. You know what I'm saying? Like not waited till I was 32, 31, 32 to become intentional with time with the people that matter most. Yeah. You know, Ashley, Jabin, et cetera. So the next two use the word industry, and for us, that's the church. Okay, the church world. All right, okay. fair enough. Newbie must date or and or so it's either the church or it could be ministry since you're in ministry. Okay, church and ministry. So okay. newbie mistakes in your industry. Newbie mistakes. Like in the institution of a church or our church. However you want to go. So I want to do it. The statement is: What are newbie mistakes in your industry? So so that would be in the capital C church. So if someone is pastoring a church or launching a church, yeah. Newbie a newbie mistake. Um, particularly in 2020, thinking that online is optional. <laughs> thinking that um, that people have to come to your church to be part of your church. Uh, thinking that attendance is more important than engagement. Um, and thinking that people need to walk through your front doors to participate. I think that's a crit- critical newbie mistakes right now. All right, last one is... <laughs> <laughs> okay. It says comment on industry gossip. 
comment on church gossip. <laughs> oh man, What's that's going a, on in church gossip. That's a right great now. one in the capital C church. Oh, that's rough, bro. Golly. Uh, okay, you so the, the Carl Lentz. I, that's exactly where my mind went. I think that there. I think that celebrity pastor culture is a tragedy. Um, I think that. Uh, I think that churches and Christians and society um is are building pastors up on a pedestal that is far too tall for them to survive on the air is too thin and they keep falling um no man is supposed to have that much power um or recognition um i think in many circles we've turned our pastors into jesus instead of worshiping jesus as a person or as you know as who he is as a king um so, for those of you who don't know, uh, Carl Lentz, a pastor that, honestly, I really looked up to. Um, I think some of what he did in the Christian space is something that needs to be, needs to continue to be looked at in the right scope to see how we can change the way we do outreach in church and some of those things. With that said, recently had, it came out that he had been having an affair, I think is the tone that they're using, um, uh, with another woman. Uh, and it was tragic. Um, it hurt my heart. He's obviously not the first pastor to do that. The problem with celebrity church, the celebrity pastor culture is however tall, however high they are, that's how far they have to fall. And whatever reach they had for good, that's the impact for negative that's going to, it's going to have when they, when they fall. And so I'm very fearful for pastors that love the celebrity limelight. Um, because I feel like they're on uh, a dangerous path and a slippery slope. And should they fall like Carl did, um, which I don't cherish that, I don't relish in that, I don't celebrate that, that breaks my heart. Should they fall the same way he did, and many others. I mean, we can go down John Gray. I mean, we can go all the way back to some of the pastors from the 70s and 80s. I mean, this has been happening for a long time, uh, swagger and all that stuff. But, um, But if they should they fall what are the ramifications of that fall and i feel like sometimes these pastors don't realize they realize how powerful they are when they're on the top i think they underestimate how powerful it's going to be when they fall and how much the enemy can get a foothold into hearts and just do that kind of thing and so i think that's just dangerous so i think that we as a christian i think we as christians have a responsibility to be careful uh on how much we worship pastors versus worshiping the king uh, we need to be worshiping the shepherd, not the under shepherd. We need to be uh, worshiping, you know, the God, um, not the person that is the current mouthpiece for God in our house. Um, so, and that's me being one. So, you know, that's my kind of my take on the current church, capital C institutional church gossip. Carl Lentz's fall was a pretty big deal, and and I I I I, I think we'd be naive to think that he's going to be the last. Therefore. When I look at some of these other church pastors who are celebrities, my heart breaks because it's like, man, uh, A, if they fall, how big of an impact is that going to have on the Christian community? Uh, and and B, uh, it's a humbling thing because surely none of them got into ministry thinking that this was the route they were going to take. Um, and so it's a, it's a humbling thing of constantly saying, all right, I got to make sure that my accountability is higher. I got to make sure that. I was going to say, that's what, <laughs> you if know, anything, it should be a wake up call to put some things in place if you don't have that. Yeah. Luckily we do. And I yeah, do, yeah. you know, but still like make sure my accountability is higher. Make sure my communication is better. You know, I reached out to one of my 
overseers yesterday after our conversation about Carl Lentz and was just like checking in and being like, Hey, like, how are you? Because I need you to ask how I, how I am, you know, and I'm, yeah. I'm okay, but I just, you know, it's like, we want to make sure that we're, uh, we're in that space and taking care of that and, and being healthy. And, um, uh, you know, I love what Billy Graham said. We've talked about it a lot around here. You know, Billy Graham, they asked how come he never had a scandal and he's like, Oh, that's easy. I don't trust myself. I'm never in a position to cheat on my wife. So I don't have to make the decision if I'm going to cheat on my wife, you know, and the, and celebrity culture really ran Mike Pence through the ringer on that. And I'm not trying to do the Trump Pence thing. It's not, no, but the, the modern culture really tried to run Pence through the ringer on that. I don't meet with women privately and all that. And they tried to like give him the business over that. And I'm like, dude, that's wisdom. Like, however you feel about Donald, you know, Donald Trump and Mike Pence, that's that, politics aside, politics aside yeah. that's a wisdom move from a man of God, from what we can determine based on his testimony, a man that worships the Lord, believes highly in God, honors his wife and is chosen out of those three things to not meet with women privately well, out of his, for integrity and character. Even the, even his belief in God aside, because I think you could, could make the argument that even someone who's not a believer could still want to be faithful to their wife. And, sure. And, you know, sure. Not ever being alone with one is a surefire way to not that's ever. A, it's a pretty good way to make sure that that doesn't happen. <laughs> you know, right. So, so it's like there, you got to at least. So not only. To that. Yeah. So we, not only do we have a, now we're dealing with culture where, where, you know, we're metaphorically crucifying pastors for having an affair. When a man comes out and says, this is what I'm doing to not have an affair. Then we, we crucify him also. So I think it's like, yo, we gotta, we gotta calm down here. Now, in all fairness, I don't think the church world was the one. I think it's a secular world that of was course. trying to yeah, give yeah. Mike Pence all this nonsense. But nonetheless, I think we as pastors have a responsibility to our church, to our spouses, uh, and to the Lord, more importantly, to be at, accountable at a higher level, uh, to surround ourselves with people that are that will call us out on our nonsense. Um, like my man Aaron James says, you got to have some people around you that know enough about you that they could destroy you if they wanted to, but love you so much that they won't. I think those things are vital and, and important. Um to making sure that we don't end up in that space. My heart grieves for Carl Lentz. Um, at the same time, my heart grieves for the pastor that it more than likely is going to happen to next because church culture or church celebrity pastor, that mentality is addicting. As long as Instagram is a real thing, I don't see that going away. Um, and so, but we as Christians have a responsibility to not worship people. Um, yeah, stop putting these pastors on that pedestal. Yeah, a lot I mean, of them don't ask for it. Right, no, hundred percent. You know, they're they're not that's asking a, for it. It's just. That's I mean, I don't think any pastor yeah. went into ministry like I can't wait to be famous. I don't no, think that was no. the goal. Um, I think maybe we have high ambitions, but yeah, but you know, something about America, like we love this idea of celebrity. Oh yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Like, yeah, definitely. And putting these people on this pedestal that they definitely. don't deserve. They don't deserve to be on because that's not what it's about. Not what they ask for. Not what they need. Um, and. And yeah, and all right, I'm gonna get wild for a second before we end because I just think this is an important addition. Uh, for those of you that are listening and watching, right? Um, Stephen Furtick is not coming to your house when you get sick. Mike Todd's not visiting you in the hospital, right? Greg Show isn't doing your wedding. Joel Osteen ain't jo- doing nothing. Joel Osteen, ain't, <laughs> Joel Osteen is not showing up at your kid's graduation. So I I want to encourage Christians. Even if you don't go to TC, I'm not talking about for our church. I'm talking about in general, like um, Carl Lentz, Mike Todd, uh, Rich Wilkerson, you know, these celebrity pastors, right? Um, Judah Smith and on down the line. Like uh, These aren't the people you're calling when you're in trouble. 
So connect to your local church and connect to your local pastor. Support your church, support your pastor, because that's the man you're going to need when life gets real for you. That's the church you're going to need when life gets real to you. And so I would just want to encourage you, like, become a support in that space um, because those men aren't showing up when you need somebody. Maybe you need to add to that. If you're in a city that those churches exist and that actually is your church. Be faithful. We're not talking to you. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, Yeah. we're talking to the people that sit at home and only watch, you know. Sure. uh, You know, Elevation. And, or, or something and never yeah. get plugged into a church. And, and, and you know, God, here we go. So, <laughs> and, and I think it's also like being careful with what we share. Prime example. We won't even use us as an example because we do this, but I'm going to use a different church. I have a pastor friend of mine who posted a clip of his preaching, right? So it was like a, it was like a highlight clip. We do those. So yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like any great, like two minute, segment it's like oh we'll cut that out we'll post it you know let people see it share it he posted one and dude it was like epic truth like it was so good and i looked down at the shares and there was like i don't know a couple 26 shares or something, which is still good yeah, but i mean yeah. it was like 26 shares or whatever but then i went to i have friends of mine that go to his church and so i started thinking i was like i wonder how many of them have shared it because it was good bro like real good and so I was like, I want to have them share. So I went and looked, bro, like they had shared six Stephen Furtick videos, a Mike Todd video, and like two Rich Wilkerson videos. But not their own. But they didn't share their pastor. And I'm like, Maybe you they know. didn't see it. I'm, 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 I feel good that they shared, that they saw it. Yeah. Um, but like, and it's, it's one of those things where it's like, man, support your culture. Not just your pastor as a man. Support your culture as a church. Like, you want your church to be better be the one that's better in your church, making it better. Like so many times I think we complain about how we wish things were different, but we're not the catalyst to make things different. So many times we want things to be better, but we're not the catalyst to make them better. Yep. And God's like, I searched for a man. I didn't search for a pastor to make it better. I searched for a man or woman. But I mean, I searched for a person to do this thing. And sometimes we're waiting on culture to change, not realizing that we can help change culture. Sometimes we're waiting on the church to change, not realizing we're a part of the church that can help change. Like, so be the change you want to see. Consumeristic, and I know man. It very. You know, it's like, bro, we're, we're not here for you, but we do need you. So, like, be that. Now, I, I, I say all of this from a very blessed position. Our church is incredible. Um, but I think it's something we can all learn. Like, I think we can, if we're not careful, we can all grow. Um, I won't use the word bored, um, but I'll say, like, tone deaf to our own preaching. You know what I mean? Like, I can go preach something I preach here at another church. And their whole church will like rave over it for weeks. And meanwhile, their pastor's like, bro, I preached that like four times. None of them ever said anything. You That's know what I mean? Um, it's just like we joke about every service. We have a little announcement clip. Yeah. And people who regular people, members or regular people TC at family, TC sure. don't watch it because yeah. they think it's the same info every time. Yeah. But it's not. And, and then they'll miss something. And it's like, how come y'all didn't tell y'all us? Like, oh, we did. We did. You didn't yeah, listen. we definitely put that out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, I think that that is a, an important thing. And, in, in, you know, it's not church gossip. But when we're talking about, like, celebrity, pastor, cult, sometimes, sometimes we'll honor a culture we don't belong to. But we won't honor the culture we do belong to. Yeah. And I say we because I, I mean, like, we. Like, we're all guilty of that. Yeah. And luckily at TC, like, honest to God. Uh, we don't deal with this nearly as to the degree that I think other churches do. Our culture is great. Our people are incredible. Um, 
but we're still building. We're constantly building. We're always getting better. Um, I believe when we get better, God will help us get bigger. So like, that's the way we roll. But all that to say is in that space, honor your church culture, be the one that helps your church become what you think it should become rather than constantly bowing down at other churches stuff. Like what if you took on the responsibility? What if you joined your church's social team and helped them do this? Like there's so many ways I think we can get more involved um, and so, um, I think one of the ways we can help break this celebrity pastor culture is we become more infatuated with what our church can be rather than paying attention to what other churches are and start really putting work into that space. So that's good. Yeah. That's, that would be my answer. Very long answer long for a very short answer, question. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> so, good, awesome. yeah, but, um, uh, yeah. yeah. So we appreciate you guys tuning in. Yes. Yeah. We'll, uh, we're getting ready for this Sunday. Then after that. Christmas. Christmas. Make sure you invite somebody. Register. Yeah, register. Transformationchurch.com. Yeah, everyone bring one. You know, do that whole, bring that whole thing back or whatever. But yeah, transformationchurch.com. Click on Christmas at TC. It's going to be a good time. We're excited. Awesome. So, Justin, where can they find more information about us, bro? Transformationchurch.com or Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. There it is. So, we uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll catch you guys next week for another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. See you guys. Later. Thanks for tuning in to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast. It would mean so much to us if you would subscribe, like, and review us on iTunes. You get double points if you show love by sharing it with your friends. Don't forget, you can follow Pastor Brad and Pastor Justin on Instagram and Twitter at at bradlivingston underscore and at justinoswald underscore. Tweet them your questions and comments or email them to us at followup at transformationchurch.com. And for more information on Transformation Church, visit us online at mytc.life and on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola.